We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I'm Chanae Ogwumike. I'm Lisa Leslie, and we're very excited to tell you about our new podcast with Blue Wire, Front and Center. Lisa and I are breaking down what's going on in our lives, in the world, and keeping it 100. We're also learning from amazing guests as well, like Emmanuel Acho. People that show love to me, I forever got their back. Vivica A. Fox. If the foundation isn't right, then the rest of it's going to go wrong from there. And more. Subscribe to Front and Center today. You're now listening to the California Golden Bearcast, a part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. This episode is brought to you by Indeed and Bet Online. And we're back to another episode of the Golden Bearcast, part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. We're going through our opponents this year, talking to some of their either avid fans or beat writers. And this episode, of course, if you've seen the title already, you already know who it is. We're talking about Arizona State, our lone Pac-12 South opponent. And who better than to help us navigate the waters of what is going on in Tempe, if there are any waters in Tempe, with Mr. Rob Reyes, also known as at Jedi ASU on Twitter. How are you doing, my man? I am just happy to be here. It's always great to see you, Rob. And thank you again for the invite. I really appreciate it. Yeah, it's the two Rob show today. That's it's right. Rob and Rob. That's right. Rob squared as it would be in Berkeley. Exactly. Exactly. Well, I guess we should just dive right into it, right? Um, let's talk about ASU. With the with the new OC, right? You guys right. have a new offensive coordinator and all that. What are your expectations? I guess since we're starting, let's start with the offense. What are your expectations with the offense, particularly with the loss of guys like Brandon Ayuk, who is you know, you and I both live in the Bay Area. Right. He's playing for the Niners, having pretty a good season so far as a rookie. Yep. And looks like he's gonna get better. But that void is pretty big. That is that's an understatement. And it's not even at the white. So yes, Brandon Ayuk is a void. He's a, he was probably about a void to fill. He was probably a full third of the production of the receiving productivity, you know, a thousand of the full 3,600 yards that ASU had last year. So definitely one. But the other huge gap to fill is the absence of Eno Benjamin at running back. He And I actually did did the numbers in, in part of my preparation. He is, 
that's sixty-seven percent lost of the rushing productivity. I mean, you oh, could you knew he was the big dog, and you know, and thankfully, you know, thank the heavens, he never got injured. But that's how much he was used. The second person, the second most numbers was five hundred and fifty or so, and that was by Jaden Daniels. So. Yeah, so that's a big thing this year is that not only do we have to have our wide receivers like Frank Darby, who is being pitched as the next man up, right? That's definitely who they want to come back up as well. But there's also a couple, two very highly recruited, um, LeVon LV Bunkley Shelton. He's a he's a freshman and also Johnny Wilson. Those two have been very, very big on practice so during practices. So those two are coming back. But from running back, Zach Hill, from Boise State, our new OC, has said it it has to be running back by committee. It has to be. And so Diamante Trainum is the number one. He's looking really sharp right now, but there's another one. Um, Daniel Nada, he's actually from the Sacramento area. And you'll see the name N-G-A-T-A. It's actually said, pronounced Nada. But he's a, he's those are the two. But another one, J, a JC guy, Rashad White, he's really making his way in as well. So that's been my concern. My, my my expectation is one, a lot of mistakes, right? Because one, it's a truncated season. Two, we haven't had a lot of practices. And three, you know, the Zach Hill offenses have always been fun. They've always been creative, but they also take a lot of risks. So if you have a lot of people that haven't been able to work together, that is probably what we're going to see. We're probably going to see a lot of false starts. We're going to see, you know, one of the things that everyone likes to pitch is that Jaden Daniels only had two interceptions last year. I expect it to be a little bit more only because there's just, it may necessarily be a communication issue. It just may be learning the, the system who knows, but I'm, like I said, I'm not, I don't have a lot of high expectations because it is such a, a wonk season that just them getting in there is just laying the foundation for next year. Yeah. I mean, you you basically talked of all the talking points that I wanted to ask you about um, regarding well, some more the <laughs> with regarding the offensive production. Um, I mean, but let's talk about Jane Daniels for a little bit. The guy stepped into the spotlight um, and was absolutely stellar as a freshman. You talked about the interceptions, 17 touchdowns to two interceptions last year mm-hmm. on 338 passing attempts, 2,943 yards is what mm-hmm. I have about that with yep. 8.7 yards per attempt. Yes, sir. Um, I mean, what, what from a, from your perspective, are you expecting in terms of jump? You talked about the increase in, interceptions and maybe it is the miscommunications with the new offense but is it also possible that he's just going to be taking a lot more shots uh with his arm like just down the field or they're willing to bet on his arm a lot more you know and making that next jump forward i think it's to your point absolutely because again I, i i'm i'm thankful for Zach Hill coming in, right? Because again, there was always this perception that, you know, Herm Edwards likes to keep the games close and Herm Edwards wants, you know, wants to be able to win, you know, three to seven points and so forth. And I was actually guilty of that, but it's really, I think, a misnomer on a lot of our parts in that, in the sense that maybe it was just necessarily who our OC was at the time and what the capability and production of production output was, right? So now with someone like Zach Hill, who can, who will, you know, bring in that creativity to score more points. You're absolutely right. He will have to throw the ball more to more people because, again, there's going to be a lot more options out there, not only at the wide receiver, but even at the tight end. ASU has been notoriously awful for tight end play. I think we had, I think our tight ends total maybe had less than 16 catches all year. And so 
Zach Hill's offense leverages tight ends fantastically. So there's going to be formations where there's going to be two tight ends. So there's even more options to pass to. And then adding on top the running by committee, right? So there's going to be a lot more options for him to be able to decide who to go with, right? Am I going to run it? Am I going to pass it? And it's not going to necessarily, not like with the Washington State game last year or the Michigan State game, the games aren't, don't new, the games don't rely on Jaden Daniels' legs, right? There's going to be a lot more tools out there that he can leverage. And that's, I think, for me, my greatest excitement. It's not necessarily that I'm having high expectations. I'm just excited to see a really fun, that's what Herm Edward, Coach Edwards called it, a fun offense on the field this year. Yeah. Um, and let's, I guess we can transition that perfectly into the talk of about the OC. Change of OC, Rob Likens, a former Cal coach, mm-hmm. um, was the OC for you guys for a little while. And now you bring in Zach Hill, who is also one of the guys that we put out on our list of potential um, offensive coordinator candidates, you know, when we were looking at them. Um, I remember getting from- some heat for that, too. <laughs> not only from you guys, but from some Boise fans that I knew. They're like, you rat bastard, you took yeah. him. <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah, that was uh, that was not fun. I mean, I'm happy with who we hired, but I mean, that's besides right. the point. How drastic of an offensive scheme change are you expecting uh, from because I haven't compared what Zach Hill ran at Boise State to mm-hmm. what you guys ran this year. Right. You know, it's I mean, Coach Wilcox for us says it all the time. A lot of the offensive schemes are basically at the core very similar right Mm. with spread concepts and and so on so you can't really say teams are a spread offense anymore because it's so right so prevalent everywhere but what are you expecting in terms of a change from when a fan sees or when any of us watch an ASU game this year so there's this one thing that I heard I can't remember what podcast I heard it on but I heard one of the hosts say to the effect that when USC came to town and they asked him about preparing playing a against ASU and he was a Phoenix product chose to go to USC and he said ASU there isn't a lot to prepare for because the ASU offense is one of the easiest ones to figure out mm. and so I'm like okay <laughs> that's that's devastating right that that just especially if cuz i mean i'm like okay maybe he's just talking shit but given how the number of points ASU scored last year, there wasn't a lot of creativity, right? And that's what I'm most excited about bringing in Zach Hill is that there is that creativity. That's why he brought in, Coach Edwards even said, you're not going to win games at 30 points. You have to score 40 or more points to really start getting those wins. And I think that's why they brought Zach Hill in. But also, I can't tell you the last time a trick play was run at ASU. (laughs) <laughs> Maybe it has been, but I mean, I will, you'll probably see me lose. I may just, I may faint if we do like the Statue of Liberty or something. And I'm like, I, I, I'll be, I'll become apoplectic, right? I won't know what to do. So <laughs> that's what I'm hoping for, right? But obviously I don't expect it out of the first game, although I'd probably pass out if they did it in the first game, because why not? And so that's really why I'm most excited about seeing Zach Hill. That was also my biggest concern, right, is for this year is, yes, we got seven practices in the spring, but there was a long window, and I've talked about this with a lot of people. Even though there was a long window from the first practice to spring, there was still time to be able to get together as a team, gel, understand the playbook, and get those nuances so then when they resumed in the fall, there was a bit of a leg up. So 
a lot of people have been able to put that um, concern of mine somewhat at at peace, but I'm still, you know, kind of on edge to see what we do. But I absolutely, if there is an expectation, I see, I expect to see an increase, not only in production, but also in points. Well, it's certainly something to to look out for, particularly with so many, I mean, it's safe to say you have explosive talent at quarterback. So it, it's it's going to roll with him without, as you said, with the lack of Eno Benjamin and that that void initially. Absolutely, and that's the other thing too, right? I mean, we if you look back at ASU's quarterback history, right, there was such a blessing because now you had, you know, you had the quarterback of Virginia. You know, you have um, Brady White at Memphis, and then you have just you know all these, and then you have um, Joey Yellen at Pitt, right? So it's just you have all of these, and even um, Dillis Sterling Cole had a, had a really good run. So they just all were at ASU, and they left, and so then we just had such a blessing of quarterbacks and now we only have two scholarship quarterbacks so it's just like okay who's gonna you know obviously i don't i hope no one's scared of trying to follow Jaden daniels but we still need those people there and i think that's really where yeah it starts and begins not only with the offense i'm glad that zach hill's going to be on the sideline instead of up in the box so that's going to be a lot more back and forth between him and Jaden daniels and the whole offense so i think it's going to be exciting i'm just excited that we get to see it mm. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely, as I said, something to keep an eye on, particularly with this offense. And and Herm Edwards, of course, uh, former Cal guy, too. So Absolutely. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. You get you hold a dear spot in his heart. Well, he still lives here. I mean, well, not here. He's down in Monterey or something anyway. Yeah, well, California. Exactly. We'll take it. <laughs> we'll take it. Uh, I guess let's move on to the other side of the ball. Let's talk about the defense a little bit. You, sure. you guys have some pretty – Good talent returning. Absolutely. Pretty outstanding talent returning. And I think uh, for me, looking at the team when I was getting ready is, you know, you you have guys like Willie Hartz, mm-hmm. right? A big one uh, and the, on the back end. But Merlin Robertson, I think, is the engine for this team, the heart and soul of this defense, really. Right. And the defense is going to go as he goes. You know, I, I think looking at his stats and how he performed, I think he's basically the ASU version of what, Cal had with Evan Weaver. Right. Like he is he is the guy in the middle, like dictating everything and how well he makes the calls and what he does instinctively will determine how well this off uh defense plays. Like what from your perspective, like what do you what are you expecting from him to make in terms of that jump into being that star linebacker for this defense? Well, I think it's definitely an interesting journey for him. And again, if you listen to some of the other ASU podcasts, they were talking about this sophomore slump. It is real, right? Because again, he was defensive player, freshman player of the year. Mm-hmm. And then the the expectations were through the roof, right? And he really had, he really struggled through all of last year, except for at a, at the last game against you, them, and again, the Sun Bowl against FSU. And he had a brilliant game. He even had an interception there. So it was he he did have some he did have some personal things um off the field. I believe his father passed last year. Um, you know, he's also he and it's interesting from a maturity perspective, he's a dad. He's a very young, he's a very young father. He has a very he has a family that he's looking to provide for and everything else. So there's a lot of those elements that I'm sure that contributed obviously to just being able to just, he was in there, he was playing and there was everything else. But now I think he is more mature and understands it. And even being guided by 
uh, Antonio Pierce and Marvin Lewis and everyone else, giving them giving them an idea of what is the expectation, right? And people are talking about that, how his body has changed, how he has gained muscle and dropped the fat, and is much more serious. And I think you're you're right in the sense that he is definitely gonna. Everyone's going to look to him as being that anchor, but it's interesting that you say that, right? Because the, even though the linebackers are 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 like a, a core or strong position, right? Even from an experience perspective, the strength is actually in the secondary. Mm-hmm. That's really where it comes from, because you know, with the corners, we have Chase Lucas and Jack Jones. Jack yeah. Jones is a USC transfer, one of the highest ranked recruits if he had gone to ASU right out of the game. He was one of those. So again, he has a talent. He has a size. I think he put on another 10, 15 pounds. So he's oh, looking geez. good. Right. But the other thing is, is that Chase Lucas is a four-year starter. I mean, I can't even remember the last time we had a four-year starter. And so not giving Chase Lucas that recognition is definitely something huge. And then the th- and then you got Evan Fields and Ashari Crosswell. So even the four of them in the backfield if they weren't so strong last year, I think our defensive numbers would have been even worse. So because, And the reason being is because they're able to cover what the defensive line couldn't do. I mean, it's like our backfield with leading tacklers, and you know what that means, yeah. right? The, the front line, the defensive line isn't getting to the quarterback or disrupting everything, so they have to help out everything else. So it's it's a blessing that we have so much talent out there and there's even depth i mean there's guys that would start in other teams that are in our two and three deep so that's great but like i said it's merlin robinson everyone's going to look towards merlin Robinson because again he is that he's that leader he was that defensive player of the year but you also have people like chase lucas who's been there for four years you have jack jones who has who's had an amazing story, you know, given his troubles at USC, how he's able to be serious and come back at ASU, right? So it's going to be quite an interesting story for them this year because like on the offensive side, now we have a new defensive side. The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at BetOnline. BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, divisions, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use the promo code BLUEWIRE at BetOnline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word, BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Even though sports had a break, your business didn't. You have to keep moving and that makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need, you can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier. Like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. 
Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. That is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through December 31st. We're co- Marvin Lewis is our mm-hmm. our our head our our, D, our co DC and, and Antonio Pierce. So they've thrown out the three three five, and now they're going to a traditional four three. Right. So that is another thing they all have to. So the talents there, but now again, have they gelled in order to plant to be able to plant that and make their stand on the field? Yeah, I mean, you bring up. Basically, the next question I had, which was regarding that co-DC stuff with Antonio Pierce and with uh, Marvin Lewis, two guys with outstanding NFL pedigree, one as a coach, one as a as a player. Right. Um, And like, what are the expectations for the two coaches? I mean, I think personally, if you have NFL pedigree like that, you're expecting them to boost, give that defense a little bit of a boost. Right. Absolutely. And that's where. Someone said this before is that the three three five was kind of gimmicky, right? Mm-hmm. And again, I think a lot of people were really being able to pick up on it, even though it was very productive, right? Last year, I think people can actually kind of pick up on it. Going back now to a more traditional four three, right, is going to give the defensive line an opportunity to shine, right? Because again, now you have Jermaine Lole, who's the, who's going to kind of be the anchor along with DJ Davidson, right? They were starters last year and they're coming along, but what they're able to do, right, is there's there's more talent behind them. We got Tyler Johnson, we got TJ Pesafea, who's out from the Sacramento area. So now all this talent, and they're actually being our D-line coach is um, Robert Rodriguez former code DL lineman for the Vikings. So again, more NFL pedigree that's bringing in. And it's interesting when you hear some of the interviews with, from some of the, 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 the subscription sites, they're talking about the nuances that they hadn't learned. This is our fourth DC in four years. So this is like, they're talking about, they got these guys that have the NFL pedigree that have established themselves as being successful at that level. And then now are teaching these kids, look, this is what you have to learn. This, these are the absolute core fundamentals and basics. And this is why you're doing it. Not necessarily get to the next level, but this is what it's going to give you, whether it's in the right position, gives you the leverage, are you ahead of your guy, whatever it is. Right. So that I think is really what's going to help these kids grow and accelerate into a much stronger unit, right? Because then they're able to take those lessons, make them their own and then be successful. Yeah. I mean, I think having NFL coaching, I think even, even just from a fan standpoint, right. When you, when you get to hear like, Oh, this former NFL players coming, like when you guys hired Antonio Pierce, it's like, Wait, 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 wait. We're talking about that Antonio Pierce, yeah. like the one that played for the Giants, Antonio Pierce, like the Super Bowl and champion played for the other school, Antonio Pierce. It, exactly. Like how that's it's just mind blowing. Yeah, um, have you hired anyone from the the school across the bay? Uh, not on the current staff. I mean, the, I think the last person that probably did that from across the bay is probably when we got Mike Montgomery for basketball. Okay. Yeah, like, remember know, that? The, that was the that was the big hire. But yeah. I mean, I'm looking at our coaching staff. I mean, we have a lot of Oregon ties. Yeah. 
um, you know, with Musgrave and with Wilcox and with yep. Sermon. And, uh, but I don't think we have any, any, uh, Stanford ties from the yeah, football side. That's always an interesting yeah. thing. Yeah. Cause it's always yeah. like, okay, how is that? And yeah, I agree. It's, it's an interest. It was an interesting hire, but again, like you said, and even then with Kevin, my way, uh, my way on the offense, he's kind of like yeah. the coach in waiting, but again, he's, he's a hall of famer and he's yeah. by all accounts, he's going to be the ASU OL O-line coach next year. So it's, We'll talk. We can talk about that in the sense that it's definitely the coaching staff at ASU is definitely a bunch of NFL pedigree guys that have played before. But also, this is one of the things that I always like to bring up. They've made their money in the sense that they're not chasing that next opportunity. Like with Mike Norvell, it was brilliant to have him on our staff during the Todd Graham years, but he was always looking. You knew he was going to be a head coach someplace. You knew he was going to leave and it was going to suck when he did, where we have a number of coaches in here that have made their money. They're looking to do something great instead of looking for that new opportunity. Well, I guess that's the question I had next about the coaching staff as a whole too, with you guys have so much NFL guys. Um, and, and you, I guess you kind of answered it, but is there any worry at all that these guys may be just using or just this opportunity for them at ASU to let's say, you know, with Kevin Moway coaching the offensive line or Antonio Pierce as the co-DC, like this is where they're vaulting themselves and getting the experience to jump into fully coaching. Like with, even with Marvin Lewis, like, you know, there's, there's always going to be that, that cloud over your head of could the NFL come calling at any point? Of course. And that's again, like, again, I guess that's the risk of being a coach of having good coaches under your, on your staff, right? Is that someone's always going to be calling. And the only thing that I think it's going to be more of the younger coaches that we like Prentice Gill and our defensive back coach, whose, whose name is um, escaping me right now, but he's our defensive back coach is like th- one or two years older than some of the players on that are scholarship players. Right. So, but he's, but he's been coaching for some time and he has enough of that respect from coach Edwards and, Marv Lewis and everyone else to be on staff. So if there was anyone I was concerned about, it'd be more the younger guys rather than, you know, the, 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 the gentlemen that are established, right? Because that have been there and in those positions, are they always going to get offers? I'm sure they are. And if they throw enough money at them, I'm sure someone will, I mean, Kevin, my way is, you know, he, he still touts and retweets and loves his LSU. So do, if they call, let's say he turns, ASU around and then LSU comes calling and offers him a hell of a lot more than ASU can. Maybe he does. I mean, it's just, it's always, it's always going to be concerned because that's always, you can't for as much as we, as alums, for as much as we love our school, coaches are transient. They are, they, unless, and then that's, that's just the nature of the game. And and that's, we want them to love our school as much as we do. But unfortunately we have to realize that, yeah, there may be some professional ambitions that they have to chase after. Well, let's move on from the defense. Let's move on to some special teams. Uh, I mean, when I talked to the Oregon, Oregon guys, uh, we didn't dwell on this too much, (laughs) Um, but Let's talk about the kicking in, you know, kick returns and punt return situation here. Ayuk was your main returner right. for for everything. Do you have a projection of who you think might take up that spot? I've heard conversation that it might be um, Daniel Daniel Nada. So I'm not exactly sure who it's going to be. Right, it has to be one of the speedsters. I heard 
um, Ocho Cinco's son, Chad Johnson Jr., might be one of them too. So it obviously needs to be someone that that's a speedster, right? And, and they can go. So that's really where you know we're focusing on. And then our kicker is um, Zendejas. He's a he's a legend. He's it's a, he's a legacy, if you will, right? And so he's always been accurate. It's always been distance. And so hopefully he was able to build that muscle to be able to get that distance, you know, beyond, you know, the 40, 50 yard range. Cause that was always a big concern last year. And then Michael Turk is a punter, right? He's, he's the first person in NC2A history to be able to go declare for the draft, not get drafted, get a waiver from the NC2A and come back and play. And what was crazy too, is that not only was he a brilliant punter, but now the guy that we recruited right behind him is just as brilliant. So, I don't know how that's going to work. I don't. I don't know how that's going to work out, but we'll find out soon enough. Yeah. Um, just to, for the listeners, Cal listeners, Zendejas was uh, twenty nine of thirty from extra points. Uh, he was twenty three of twenty seven on field goal attempts. Ninety eight points he accounted for. It was good. That's just, yeah. That's that's like I said. That's the legacy, right? I mean, it's just like it was his. I guess his dad kicked for ASU, and his cousin lost to ASU. So. That's quite the quite the uh, the back and forth. I'm sure at Thanksgiving. It's there in the history. That's right. That's right. Well, we talked about the offense. We talked about defense. We talked about the special teams. And we talked a little bit about the coaches. So I think the next, you know, as we close here, since this is a quick hit, thirty minute pod, um, let's talk about your projections for the season. Like, uh, like what what do you expect? With the issue schedule, like if you want to go down the list of the schedule for me and tell me if it's a win or a loss, you can do that or broad picture, however you want to take it. Like, what what are you projecting for ASU in 2020? So, one, like everyone's been saying, I just hope we get to play all six games. Mm. That's my biggest thing, right? That's the biggest thing that I want is given that with six games, right? Um, my brain says six and oh. Well, I'm sorry. My heart was say six and no. <laughs> my brain says four and two because I just don't know what to expect against USC. And the second loss is Cal. Is I'm not. No, I'm sorry. We're beating you guys. Is Utah? <laughs> <laughs> if it was in Cal, if it was here in Berkeley, I'd be worried. Yeah, yeah. But you're home. playing in Arizona. Yeah, yeah I, exactly. I totally agree. <laughs> That's my big is is Utah. And and the only reason is that more and more I listen about the. It's like. The defense may is going to take a, a huge hit, and people are going to score points on them. But their offense is supposed to be really good. Like, wh- I, what's his name, Covey? Like mm-hmm. they were talking. Right I think, yeah, po- podcast of champions were like, he's still there. He's like, he's yeah. seventy five. He's seventy five years old and a junior, so he's got like, <laughs> <laughs> and he's got two more years because this year's a wash. So he'll be playing into his eighties. It, it's it's quite insane that he's still a player there. Um, but yeah, you go if if you're thinking you go four and two, do you think you somehow sneak into the Pac-12 South as the champs? See, that's four the and two thing. Doesn't? I don't know. I mean, I just it's it, it's it's so funny you say that, right? Because I was thinking about it before we. T- I'm like, realistically, everyone could end up three and three, and there has to be some weird t- tiebreaker that we sneak in somehow, right? And so I just, it just really, I just, I don't know how. One, I don't know how this is going to play out, right? Because I think I think USC is the team to beat. I think Utah and ASU are on the next tier, right? And us playing at Utah is probably why I'm giving Utah the edge. Mm. And so, and they're both away games, right? So that's the only reason I'm. That's the only reason I'm thinking about that. So, 
you know, the rest of the the rest of the conference, you know, we got Colorado there in more dire straits than than anyone else. And then um UCLA is, you know, by all counts looks to be a disaster, but who knows? And then you them, I don't give them much attention anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I'd you know, it's I say oh and seven because that's to manage my own expectation. Realistically, it's probably gonna be four and two, and but my heart says six and zero. Oh. Well, okay. I <laughs> I don't I, there's there's no other better way to pivot from that. Um, <laughs> the last question that I'm I've been asking everyone is, it is 2020. Yes, the year of craziness, uncertainty, whatever you may call it. So, I I asked you earlier, give me one crazy prediction that could be out there as out there as you want. All right. That happens in the Pac-12. Doesn't have to pertain to ASU. Right. But just the Pac-12 as a whole. Thankfully it doesn't pertain to ASU. So <laughs> Oregon State Pac-12 champs beating Colorado. <laughs> <laughs> that the- chaos chaos began. <laughs> <laughs> The funnier part about all this is that the Oregon guys predicted that uh, Oregon State and Colorado finish third, respectively, in their in their uh, divisions. So I guess Oregon State, Colorado is like the thing that we're talking about as <laughs> outliers, right? In the it, conference, as long as we're not talking about you, them, I'm happy. <laughs> well, I appreciate the time. Um, it's always fun talking to you about college football. Um, you, where? Where can people find you? Uh, so all over the social media platforms. So if you just find me on Jedi ASU on Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, Snapchat, and TikTok, you can Ooh. also yeah. And then you can also follow me. I have a Friday night show called the uh, Forty Two Social Club, the best damn social club in the universe. On YouTube, you can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Uh, TikTok and Snapchat coming soon. And then I'm launching a new channel where it's called the Stadium Study Hall. And we're going to do, we're going to talk and learn about college football. I'm actually really excited about that one. That's going to be on YouTube. Yeah. So if you just go ahead, I'm on, it's on Twitter right now, Stadium Study Hall with one L. And um, you'll see me out there as well. But um, definitely have you on that one as well. Because as I'm writing scripts, I'm beginning to realize there's a crap ton of stuff I don't know about football, so I'm definitely going to ping you for feedback and clarification and direction. Well, I don't know if I'm the right person to talk to, but okay, I'm willing to help. I'm willing to help out. I'm willing to do it. We'll have you as a guest too, my man, so thank you. Oh, I appreciate the kind words. Uh, Well, that's it for us from the Golden Bear cast. You can find us, of course, on... If you already you're, if you're listening to this, you already found us. So why do I need to tell you? But you can find our written stuff at writeforcalifornia.com. We're also doing, for Write for California, we're doing uh, live YouTube watch-alongs. So you can watch all the Kyle games with us, with some of the writers. You can ask us questions in the chat, hang out with us. Since we can't watch the games in person together, at least you can have us on YouTube next to you. Um, and we, you can facepalm and surrender, surrender Cobra and do all the things that Cal fans usually do uh, with us all together on screen. Um, We're hoping to have guests on for all the games too. So look out for that. You can go to youtube.com backslash right for California and subscribe. And all of our links are in there and that is it. And as always go bears. Be Stanford. Stanford.